Distinguished adventurers, welcome to another session of Magic and Metal. I am your Game Master Storyteller, Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and today we're going to mix up the order, I think. First off, we have our lovely tableau of players, and we're going to start today with Jack. Hey Jack, how you doing? What you drinking? Good people of the apocalypse. Grisham's choice this evening is nothing. I'm not drinking anything, which is very dangerous for a podcaster for the last seven years who's always had a beverage handy. What if my throat gets parched? What if I start to choke on something? Well, you just gotta roll the dice sometimes. Hard of the cards, right? Mm-hmm. All, as long as you don't choke on your uh, terrible rolls, that's fine. Or maybe I do Ouch. want you to choke on your terrible rolls. I don't know. We'll see. What's funny? Wow, you're extra spicy today. Dude. I am. <laughs> John, uh, hey John, welcome, and what you drinking? I'm John, I'm playing Alfredo Branzini, the kid who knows how to get things, uh, and it's been snowing up here in the Pacific Northwest, so I have some hot apple cider. Ooh, Ooh oh, that sounds real good. Oh, It's very good. Uh, who are you playing again? Oh, I play Grisham Vianod. He is a member of the Bison House, he's a bit of a fatalist, but he's also really good at math. Finally, last, certainly not least, our, for our own forever DM, and now a player, uh, Lauren, how you doing, what you drinking, and who you playing? I'm playing Maureen Eddings, who is also doing about as well as I am, which is good, but confused. And I'm drinking some hot tea because it has also been, it's not been snowing here in the Pacific Northwest, but it's been cold and it's been, it's been a day. So I needed some tea and yeah, we'll see what happens next. Maureen and I are both worried. That's what I'm going to say. Well, this worry is earned. Just to recap, y'all were sent on an important mission by the head of the uh, Roanoke uh, Academy of the Arcane, Professor Julian Fusselsnap, as well as human-slash-penta-resistance leader, Con Jonner. This important mission necessitated you rescuing some kidnapped chronomancers, as well as putting a stop to some terrible experiment, all while... The brunt of the human forces were taking resources away from Stormnet, the evil AI that has almost ended the world. It's now looking at its demise. But in order to ensure the uh, human, and both Arcane and Penta, victory, you guys are on this mission. You entered a abandoned, seemingly, naval research facility in Norfolk, Virginia. You discovered that several annihilators were guarding some weird buildings, and some that were not so weird. You dispatched the annihilators, entered one of the uh, more mundane-looking buildings to find horror beneath. You found the Chronomancers, plugged in via horrible and arcane and technological means to some sort of machine. The machine had recently been used. And as you started to free these chronomancers from their terrible uh, state of suspended horror and mumbling, you freed one of your friends, Professor Hamilton Hauer, and who mentioned that it had already gone through. And that's where we're at. What would you guys like to do? It what? Well, uh, it, uh, he, well, it was... I had seen him before. He's the reason why I'm here. Who? Uh, I was... I I didn't it, know the Annihilators had genders. Is this an Annihilator or a person or something else in between? I, I think it was a new Annihilator. Uh, it looked like Professor Fusselsnap. A new Annihilator? It, it told me to go a- and meet him in a, uh, in an abandoned building near the, the, uh, the school for some 
for some purpose. And when I got there, I was nabbed by by annihilators. And it was it didn't feel like Professor Fossil Snap. And as as uh Professor Hauer is saying this, and his head is still attached to a horrible bundle of cords, you see now that you have broken the crystal balls that all of the Chronomancers were sort of focusing their magic on. Uh, another one speaks up, and you you all know this one as Bruce Bowen. He says, yeah, my sister told me to meet them at her house. I got there, and the, my, my sister was on the floor, but, but my sister was also standing there with a bunch of annihilators. It was... It, I, I don't know. I... I I couldn't explain it. Like the annihilator took your sister's face. Oh my! Well, my sister, I think, had her face, but it definitely looked like her. Was this like illusions or other illusion things? Other words that mean illusions? You know, illusions. I, I, I don't have uh, much experience with those sorts of charms, but at this happens, uh, another one, another chronomancer speaks up, Becky Hammond, and she says. Oh, well, it was my, for me, it was my husband, and I am first in illusion and charms, and it was not charmed, it was not an illusion, it it looked like my husband. Like a transmutation type of thing? I don't know, I've, I, we, we are definitely capable of such things, but I, I, one of the reasons why it was, it got the jump on me was because I couldn't detect any magic from it, at least not, not any magic that I've, that I've seen before. Everyone make a brains roll real quick. Sure. D8 plus zero for me. Average, I got a four. Three for me. Three for me as well. Hey, we're a smart crew. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's not something that you really recall the Annihilators being able to do. And if it's not emanating any magic, you think don't think it's a transmute, transmutation or anything like that. It's weird. Okay, okay, so this is a mystery that is mysterious, and we definitely want to come back to this. But here's the thing. Two questions. One, how do we get you disconnected from this Hellraiser thing going on here? And two, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, because they they took a whole bunch of chronomancers, that they were doing chronomancy, and the thing we're too late for is the thing that happened with chronomancy. Yes, uh, uh, it, it's it's so hard to remember. And Professor Howard is... Uh, is clearly struggling. His hands are still bound as well. Oh, I figured at this point we were at least freeing them from restraints. Uh, go ahead and I everyone make a... I haven't yanked any wires out of heads yet. <laughs> I feel like Marie knows enough about basic medicine to think that that's a bad idea. Okay, uh, well, t- you know what? All right. Tell me how you would free those chronomancers, and we'll start with Marie. I mean... The restraints are metal. They seem to be solid metal. I snap my fingers and I light my finger up like a welding torch. All right. Give me a magic roll and we'll say it's either... We'll do brains to kind of like so you can guide it or we'll say fight because it's kind of a weapon. I'm definitely fight. Absolutely fighting. I'm fighting these restraints. Let's do this. Okay, so... Could naturally happen, tiny, it might take you a minute or two. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry. I'd be going carefully. Right, so it's, yeah, that makes sense. 
Oh, do I have any? I don't sure. have any adversity. No, tokens. no, it's fine. You've uh, yeah, I rolled you, an eight. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You are able to. It takes you. It takes you a couple of minutes, but you're able to pss, cut the the restraints on on Hamilton Howard. You do notice that the metal uh, melts, even though it was solid. It seems to be melting pretty easily. It's very strange. Melting like that annihilator that we destroyed outside. That's yeah, melted? it's almost like his fingers that you struggled to remember just a second ago with those brain rolls. Uh, you th- oh, is that what I struggled to remember? That's what all of you struggled to remember. That you've seen annihilators with very minor shape-shifting abilities in their fingers. As in their fingers can become little objects like stabbing weapons or keys, but just, just their hands. Nothing really as complicated as a human face or a whole humanoid form that seems new mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but you are able to free uh professor uh Hauer. let's go with uh grisham mr vianod uh how would you like to try and free one or more of these chronomancers one of the things that uh that grisham always goes back to is alchemy right the transforming of lead into gold right okay so i think what he wants to do is try and transform the restraints into something that is much easier to break Okay, like, yo, Christian, get out of my head. Sorry. Say, for instance, paper mache. Okay. All right, not completely in my head. <laughs> we'll do for you either brains or uh, what would be another good? It's not. It's not really offensive. Let's do brains or charm. You're trying to charm the metal into something. All right, um, brains. It is. Here we go. Interesting. I like it. Oh, explode! 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 explode that crap. Nice. <laughs> That's gonna be a nine. All right. Any adversity tokens? Uh, maybe I'll add one. Okay. So even ten. All right. Bend the rule of reality. That's a five. Tiny. That's a one. Instantaneous. That's a zero. And we'll say you've cast this spell a few times before. Even if you cast it or witnessed it, uh, you're about in that neighborhood. So yeah, you. I don't know. Describe the spell. I was going to tell you how it looked, but you tell me how it looks. Um, well, you know, I guess in simpler times, uh, Christian probably had experience doing paper mache projects or whatever. So I think he pantomimes like he is spreading paper mache on something. And as he pantomimes it, the, uh, the restraints change from ostensibly metal to paper mache. So that by the time he's done, like, doing his pantomiming, so to speak, it's just paper mache that's easy to shatter or break. Okay. All right. Fredo, what is your, your method to free these annihilators from their restraints? And keep in mind, they're not just restrained from their hands they also still have a bunch of crap plugged into the back of their head yeah uh, i don't know nothing about the head stuff uh because that's a uh, more of a maureen and grisham area expertise but maureen and grisham know, have already done something <laughs> right that's on them uh, uh they I have do, already done something <laughs> right again that's on them what alfredo does know is gummy worms okay and he's gonna try to seeing what grisham did with the paper mache and seeing these tendrils that look like giant gummy worms going to the backs of one of the heads. Okay. He's going to try to transmute one of them into a gummy worm so he can eat one of those giant five-pound gummy worms. Okay, go ahead. I'll give you the same deal. Brains or uh, charm. You're going to talk these cords into becoming gummy worms. I'm excited for you to turn this person's brain into literal goo. It's possible. <laughs> Uh, let me let me work on the DC while you roll here. If I had any adversity tokens, I'd help. I'd, I'd throw them at you, but I have zero. That's going to be an 18 for Fredo. Oh, good. He's a very charming, swarmy person. Maureen mentions the 
turning brains into gummy. And Fredo being Fredo apparently knows the the limits of where the cord meets brain. Like they just have a little plug left. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and describe uh, uh, what 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 we see after after this uh, this spell. Fredo, Fredo has smuggled many packets of gummy worms into the academy, but never has been able to get one of the five pound gummy worms smuggled oh in. It's just too big. Wait a second. I have to ask. Why are gummy worms outlawed in the, in the academy? They're not outlawed. They're just hard to come by because the sour is, it, it's the scarcity. It, the sour okay. dusting. All right. So it's smuggling just in, in obtaining them, yeah. not in illicitly getting them to people. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally imagining like two students in the back of a class like, I got your gummy worms. Here you go. I mean, they still might because if, if these are the last gummy worms on earth, yeah. you don't want everyone knowing about them. Sure, but that's just secretive, not illicit. But I love it. I'm sorry. Keep going. I just had to ask. So he starts concentrating to make the the tendril a five pound gummy worm, and he starts at the base of like where it's coming out of, mm-hmm. not the base of the head, and then stops like about a half inch, like so it's going gummy to metal, gummy to metal, gummy to metal, and it stops about a half inch or so from the base of the skull, and then he breaks off the gummy worm at that point. Leaving just a little bit of metal in there because he doesn't want gummy brains on his conscience. That's that's probably wise. You do an excellent job of this particular spell, uh, such that uh, yeah, between all of your efforts through your various means, you are able to free all of these uh, chronomancers. Guys, I'm gonna make so much money off of these gummy worms at school. Uh, let's do a rollies real quick. Everyone, roll a d20 for me. Sure. I'm a I'm a GM uh, as well as a storyteller. I gotta have rollies. Maureen, as you are cutting I, through, uh, we'll say you're freeing, working on Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr is this. Uh, he's kind of a very pale, angular man. His face is very narrow. His hair very short, and and it would be well kept. He's clearly been down here a while. He says, "Well, thank you." Uh, Thank you, uh, uh, lady. I, I really do appreciate. Everyone make a brains roll. Marine is not the brains of the operation, but she has enough to know she's not the brains of the operation. We'll say Grisham. All of a sudden, Marine isn't working on Steve Kerr anymore. She is now working on a tall, lanky, dark-skinned man with very short, curly hair, a beard, and... As she's working to free him, she does. Maureen does not notice anything. She does not notice that anything is wrong. Fredo does not also know that anything is wrong. You, however, could have sworn that the person she was working on was a different person just a moment ago. Hold up. What am I holding? So, the person you're working on. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, my name is uh, Professor, Professor uh, Rashid Wallace. I'm from the Great Lakes area. That we have, we had a a small school up there, and I was uh, I was captured by uh, one of my students. It was very strange. Lured me out of the school, and then and then jumped me. I know that's not one of the names that we it was were not told about. Yeah, and so I'm gonna just quickly. Like, Marine, I, you don't. Marine has yeah. Marine doesn't know like, and so she. It's I don't think she's suspicious of this person. I think in this moment it's oh shit there were more than just the five and no no she'll... no no there were always the five Rashid Wallace as far as Marine and 
Fredo No has always been one of the five. Oh, okay. You were looking right. for okay. Becky Hammond, Rashid Wallace, Bruce Bowen, Hamilton Hauer, and Manu Ginobili. That's okay. That's who you're looking for. But okay, now I now but I get Grisham what the knows for. that something's wrong. Yeah, it was one of the people we came to get, right? It's totally not. I mean, they're on the list. Did we ever write this down at any point? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You look at your oh, list. Yeah. Becky Hammond, Rashid Wallace, Bruce Bowen, Hamilton Hauer, Manu Ginobili. That was the list that you got. All you have to go on is that Grisham, someone you know and trust, who is just as experienced yeah. with chronomancy as you, although in a different way, has told you that something is wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I so, like, there's obviously confusion. Well, so, Grisham, like, did you get a different list? Um, I don't remember. The, Jack the player does not remember the names, so Jack will say the names of the original five. I believe we're Spur former Spurs, if I remember correctly. Yes, and one of them has been replaced <laughs> by a member of the 2004 Detroit Pistons Championship. How dare! How dare! Yeah, but that, that's who you always were looking for. You look down at the, at, we'll say that uh, you've got a file name, a, a file of the missing chronomancers. Yeah, his picture's in there. I mean, maybe there was a sixth. Am I forgetting about a sixth? We are starting to experience the flow of time differently. That's what, that's what Grisham thinks at least, so he just says it out loud. Professor Hauer says, oh no, whatever that thing that went through, the thing that trapped us here, the thing that tricked us. Yeah, so we never actually got the answer to, like, what? I'd never seen anything like that, it, but it was the same being that captured, and all of them started, agreeing, yeah, that was, that was the thing that uh, was my husband, was my student. That was Professor Fusselsnap. It was all that thing. And it went through. And went through where? Did that, obviously that. like time? Yes. But like, do you have any idea when? <sighs> yeah, I, everything's just a, a, a jumble right now. But this, this device was built by annihilators. It, that, and maybe, maybe there's a, Maybe there's something here that can tell us uh, a record or uh, these things. Maybe they they like like we have memory crystals. Maybe these this thing uses memory crystals or 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 some sort of storage. Okay, Grisham, you look for the memory crystal thing since you seem to be the only person who seems to remember that shit happened. I'm gonna keep working on freeing all the people and Fredo. You work on making things gummy worms because that seemed to work without killing people, and I respect that. Everyone give me another brains roll. I got a five. Okay. I also got a five. All right. And I also got a five. Now that Grisham has made you aware of some, of some peculiarities that are going on, you look down on your lists again and something's wrong. I mean, this was the list you were given. Becky Hammond, Rashid Wallace, Bruce Bowen, Hamilton Hauer, and Ripley Hamilton. Why do I feel like I'm having deja vu and also missing things at the same time? And you see in the fifth chamber who Fredo has just freed, an olive-skinned uh, woman, long, dark braided hair that now she has stuff in it from where she was attached. And she says, oh, thank you. I, I'm actually a colleague of Professor Wallace over there. And I was also taken. Uh, it, it looked like my best friend from school. But now, now that you all have been aware, yeah, something's... Something's clearly messing with time. I would like to write down the names as I'm remembering them right now. Okay. Since timey's getting all wimey, 
if things change and a name is not on the list is suddenly there or not, I can then cross-reference it and not think like, okay. oh, I knew I was supposed to go get this person, right? So you would write down uh, Becky Hammond, Rashid Wallace, Bruce Bowen, ha- uh, Hamilton Hauer, and Manu Ginobili, not Ripley Hamilton. Oh, that that's the same for Maureen. Grisham's the only one who's pretty sure that Steve Kerr was among the chronomancers at first, not Professor Rashid Wallace. Right. And so that way, if, like, I now have a, like, written down, like, time stamped, and then if I'm like, no, it's so-and-so, and then I look at the list, and I'm like, so-and-so's name's not on here. And as, uh, as Professor Hamilton, no relation, responds to Professor Hauer, Professor Hauer says, oh, Ripley, yes, uh, I'm, I'm glad you and we were, none of us were harmed. I, I, I remember we, we met uh, at a resistance meeting once in, in what was left of Kansas City, and Ripley Hamilton says, ah, yes. We tore up some annihilators there, didn't we? It, they, yeah, they clearly know each other. It's getting worse. So Grisham's actually going to look for any kind of like data access port and try and magic a way to access the information that's in the machine, either by like jerry-rigging a port in a computer that he can use to access records or files or anything like that. Any kind of information that you think that is useful. Okay, give me a brains roll or. Tell me, are are you gonna are you gonna use uh, any magic? Yeah, I think that like Grisham's actually gonna try and like kind of think how to how to articulate this. Your computers, of course, have like patterns or whatever. Like they're all run by processors. They're all physical processes, right? So that any kind of calculation would have very. I mean, this may be garbage, but this is how Grisham thinks at least. There would be somewhat like subtle fluctuations on in you know, temperature, other atmospheric conditions. And I think Grisham, from what he knows about computers and these machines, is going to try and reverse engineer what these computers are processing from from either the air around them or what the machines are giving off in terms of energy, in terms of light, in terms of all that. You do note that the machinery around you is a mix of technological and arcane, just in case that helps you out. Well, then I guess I'll explore the magic avenue and see, like, if there's anything in the magic that it rings any chronomancer or bells in terms of, like, what, in terms of what would be needed from a chronomancy standpoint to help the calculations along in terms of places in relative time and space. Give me a brains or a grit roll. As Ooh, you definitely are, grit. Not as you both. are seeing time unravel around you, you're trying to keep your cool. 18. That's a grit. <laughs> Is anyone helping him out? I don't have any uh, adversity tokens. Can I help him because I know more about the the flow of timey wimey stuff? Like Grisham's got the numbers, I've got the I've got the feel. I'll give you the same options that he had. Uh, brain to grit, as you're also trying to keep a level head while time unravels around you. I I'll go with grit. Let's give it a try. And then if this doesn't work. Okay. So I got a five. Is that enough to help him or? You've, you've helped. Yeah. Okay. Because the thing I was going to do might kick in. Okay. Does Grisham find anything immediately? Fredo, did you want to in- contribute to this endeavor at all? I don't have much in the way of adver- uh, adversity tokens. Okay. So That's fine. I'll probably kind of just kind of keep an eye on the professors to see mm-hmm. if. I notice any changes or anything like that that's happening while they're trying to figure out the math and all the brainy, smart people stuff of timey-wimey. All right. I had laid out uh, a set of DCs 
uh, you would find information based on how addition, the sum of all your checks, if you will. And it topped out at 15, which Grisham blew out of the water. So, yay! Thank you, Grisham, for being good at math. Yeah. So, Grisham, you you look at this weird mix of computers, which you and Fredo have some experience with, in the Penta Studies Lab, and your experiences with uh, your studies in the arcane, including arcane storage, there is a mix of both what you would think of as Penta technology storage, as well as arcane storage. And you were able to find a crystal and a drive and a weird mix of what seems to be a crystal, but with interfaces as if it were a computer drive. And you are, you are able to bring this over to like some sort of weird workstation that seems to have all of the, the interfaces. You find a memory crystal. It details how to open a time portal. We'll go through these, the details later, but it seems to be the combined power of five experienced chronomancers uh, yeah, if it had gone on too long from this, it probably would have killed them. The drive you find is a log, and it's a log of the activity of not only the the immediate laboratory, but also some of the facility. You see notes for A101, and you guys have heard the Annihilators referred to as Model A101. You see like A101 posted, A101 Overwatch. A ninety nine, A nine hundred ninety nine entering facility, A nine ninety nine activating, and then it goes into all these protocols. A ninety nine temporal shift, and then the logs kind of end after that. The final piece of information that you find is that crystal hard drive, and you find it was damaged a bit, so it doesn't have all of the specifications. But it does seem to be a new Annihilator, codenamed Model A999, and it seems to be an advanced infiltration unit. It has a polymimetic skin, which is fancy talk for liquid metal, as you guys know. Design protocols are to infiltrate and extract information, extract high-value targets, eliminate high-value targets, general surveillance, and other nefarious-sounding operations. From everything that you can read, this thing can look like anyone it comes into contact with, and it seems like it's a pretty nasty bugger. You also find some ratings, the various ratings of, like, Annihilator toughness, Annihilator sensory capabilities, Annihilator uh, weapons handling, and this thing quintuples all of those stats. You've, you found its stat block. You found its stat block. Okay, Grisham, questions yeah. real fast. First off, how are we remembering that time has changed if time has changed? Bubbles relative to the space time. What do we want? The understanding that space and time are this part of the same continuum. When, when do we want it? There. So it's possible that due to our relative location and, you know, just any number of factors or just the fact that we're magic users and chronomancers at that might have protected us from insulated from the effects. Here's what I'm thinking, and let me know if you agree. I think we need to go back to wherever this thing was and if they, if they can send us back before we lose them. Like, if time changes enough that they're not there anymore, then we lose our window. So we need to go now if we're going to go. 
you mean go back and follow the thing to where when it went? Yeah. What if we go a little bit for for it? Or 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 it just did the thing like ten minutes ago, right? It, it like they activated the thing. Can you get us here fifteen minutes ago? I'll ask Doctor Professor Howard. Like how? I mean, instead of going like however far back, fifteen minutes. He goes and looks at the uh, at the settings. It's like oh. Oh dear, everything's fused. I don't think we could affect any changes to it. The only thing I can do is is power it and uh, in its state now. That would be the quickest way to to try and stop this. If we were to try and we recreate this, I, I barely remember what we did. But what I do have is is my energy, and maybe that's enough to get it get it back. And as he says this, Becky Hammond steps up and says. Professor, I will help you. And Rashid Wallace says, Professor, I, I will lend what strength I have to this, even if it kills me. You see uh, Ripley Hamilton step up and she says, yes, I will also. It's so important that we stop this thing. Everyone give me a brains roll. I'm, and as I'm giving you this, this brains roll, which I'm sure is going to go real well, uh, Maureen, one more time is going to be like, you are all amazing. And that's a lot of energy. 15 minutes. We can't do 15 minutes. I can do a I can do a second. It's locked. I can do a second right now. And then I and then I say again, I can do a second right now. <laughs> you all notice that uh okay, oh, explode. Explode. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you are pretty sure that uh Professor Tayshon Prince was not among these professors a second ago. But mm-hmm. Tayshon Prince, he is a a lighter-skinned Brown, curly hair. Again, tall and lanky. He steps up and says, yes, I will help in this endeavor, Professor Howard. And he's like, thank you, Professor Prince. Uh, seemingly not have noticed that Manu Ginobili, Bruce Bowen, and Steve Kerr have been replaced with Rashid Wallace, Rip Lee Hamilton, and uh, Tayshaun Prince. Don't they have to blow a horn before they make substitutions? Isn't that a rule? <laughs> Pretty much. When, when he says their name, can I cross-check the list that I wrote down earlier? Uh, sure. Yeah, it's different. But your file is this Professor Tayshon Prince is in there. But what you wrote down is different. Yeah, guys, uh, there's, we're missing people now, and we got new, we got the new people here. And the, okay. the, the Professor old Prince people. looks at you confused and says, I don't think we're in any condition to go after it, but you, you seem very capable. No, Professor Prince, you're not supposed to be here. I no one is supposed to be here, my son. Listen. I know, but like as I, of, you know, 2 minutes ago, you weren't here. Please, you must I I know it feels it feels strange. Time is so weird. I didn't write your name down, you mook. Fredo, Fredo. Look at it this way. If we're still getting professors of chronomancy who can help us do this, then they haven't succeeded having gone back in time yet they're still messing around and not changing the timeline they're just changing things so that we just get new people so we're still we're still at least okay you'll just have to deal with the fact that we're gonna forget who these people are and we're gonna get new people but as long as we keep getting new people that's that's for the best grisham cracks his knuckles and says all right let's make some gold do we have any idea when we're going it seems to be in the late 1900s I, it's, it's very strange, uh, but wherever, wherever we're sending you is where that annihilator is and you must stop it. Okay. So show up ready to fight. I can do that. That I can do. And I'm going to prepare some lightning in my hand. All right. Let's go on this nostalgia trip. All right. Everyone 
this time stepping up to as you enter the glass chamber in the uh, center of, of this laboratory, you see all of these professors, all of them giving you they, they look proud. They look proud that you have stepped up to where, where they cannot. You see Professor Howard say, I wish it were me going with you, but I'm glad it's you. If, if, if it's not me, I'm glad it's you. And then you, all of them, you got this. Go, go get it. And as they put their hands, you see them all strain as power emerges from all of these gathered chronomancy. It's this place that has seemingly amplified their power. You see everything start to go white around you. A deafening din of high-pitched and weird and low-pitched energy that you can feel inside you. You feel yourself almost getting torn apart as you're stretched and the pain does it is... Feel, does it feel like uh, when I've done the second? It's so much worse. Can I juice it just a little bit and try to get us one second earlier than they're sending us give me a spell roll okay give us one second before this annihilator arrives um grit i'm gonna be that player jonathan it's gonna be grit (laughs) okay all right can i do anything to her sister while she's in the process like with a oh since it's a snap decision y'all could throw uh adversity tokens her way yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna give her an adversity token as well okay i'll give her my last one same i got one left after this oh that's a four Okay. Hey, Lauren, have an adversity token. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> you feel yourself getting stretched as you, all of a sudden, your eyes adjust, and the din of unimaginable volume is replaced by the din of people. Voices. Human voices. All around you. You look, and you see you are, you are seemingly in some sort of little alcove. Beneath your feet is carpet. Grisham, you step back and you encounter... Is this a broom? You're in a dark room, and you can see light coming from a door that's just, just next to you. Fredo, you, you take a step and you hit a, a bucket on wheels and get splashed by some water that you... you it doesn't... It looks a little... You, you do a little light spell, and it's like, oh, it's, it's dirty water. Yeah, you... You're in a closet. Who's got the key? We pulled off that annihilator like 15 minutes or 12 days or whatever. So wait, they moved us in time and space? Or this is what was here whenever we got here. Grisham, do you have that key? I thought Fredo had it. No, Fredo was trying to do the the lock picking thing. And then you took the key. Oh, yeah. And you unlocked the door, right? I pat myself down for the key and I I I produce a key. So we're going to leave this room and we're going to need to look for an annihilator that can look like people, right? Can you use that to track it? I can try. Because we're going to leave this room and it's probably going to look like people. Yeah. And we know that we can't, because one of the professors who was a professor, who isn't a professor anymore, who is now a professor because time, said that they couldn't tell that there was like no magic thing on it. So what we got to do for you to be able to track it using that, that, <laughs> the key. Yeah, you use the key because it's the same material, right? That's what I'm thinking. Oh man, my kingdom for pass without trace back. <laughs> <laughs> Not pass without trace. No, no, no. Hunter's mark. Hunter's mark. Hunter's mark or or. <laughs> I mean, both of them would be good, useful in this scenario, but like yeah. definitely Hunter's mark. But um, yeah, I guess I'm gonna try and cast a spell to see if I could like tie the I don't know energy signature or energy or mojo of that key to 
to our quarry, so to speak. And you're doing this in the dark? I guess you have light now, but yeah, you're clear. As you guys light up, you're clearly in some sort of like janitorial closet. Go ahead and give me a brains or charm roll. No better place to do this than the oh, closet. Oh, man. Why yeah. Not? Oh, gosh. Both of those are bad, but here we go. I'm going to add my last adversity token to this. Okay. I will also throw mine at this because if we can track this thing, that will make our lives a lot easier. That would make it a five. Okay. You can tell it is. You tell it's near, but you can't really get a, a, a lock on it. It's, it's more of a, a very, very vague notion that it's around. All right. If we can't find where it is, we may have to find a way to draw it to us. I'm trying to think if there's ways to like boost our our energy signature so that it's very obvious to it that well, I don't know if that that'll let's make it hide again or if it'll make it seek us out. As you're standing here thinking, you all hear above the din of people. You start hearing things that you may or may not be familiar with. You hear a basketball game. Do actually hear he's on fire. You hear another sound very in quick uh, succession. A duel, Ken. You hear <laughs> softly playing a song that maybe Fredo knows. He thinks it's Enjoy the Silence by Deposh Mod or something. I'm going to save this for the drinks with DM later, but I got a story about that. Anyways. Let us make a Depeche Mode note. Are, are, are we in the 80s? I mean, the professors just knew it was going to be late 1900s. So we've got anywhere between, say, 1950 and 1999. Depeche Mode was, was in the 80s, I think. And 80s means trouble. I mean, doesn't all this mean trouble? Yeah. But what you were saying, the drawing it to you, you can do a second of chronomancy, right? I mean, most of the time. I tried when we were on the way here and didn't really work. The door starts jiggling. And you hear it unlock, and you see and a man in a, he's a very pale-skinned man, not very tall. He's about as, he's shorter than all of you. He's got, it looks like a, a worn blue jumpsuit. And he flips on the lights. Yeah, you kids, you can't be hanging out in here. Go, go, come on, go to the arcade, go, go do whatever kids do. Come on, get out of here. We need five more minutes, and I'm going to grab the door and slam it closed again. <laughs> uh, he opens it back up. He's going for a walkie-talkie in his belt and says, I'm, don't make me call security. And you see on his, uh, he has a one patch that says Larry. And then the other patch says Potomac Mills Maintenance. Potomac Mills Mall Maintenance. Can I try to, we're not the kids you're looking for him? Uh, sure. My, uh, we're not the kids you're looking for uh, was a seven. So I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> you see him blink a couple of times and he's like, Hey, uh, could I get a security guard over to second floor food court? Yeah, thanks. Some some kids are are they're being real weird. Do I still have the electricity in my hand from being prepared for attacking this thing? Yeah, I'm gonna reach out and touch the walkie-talkie that he's he's talking into, and just give it a gentle little tap and and be like, "You gotta get that fixed." The last thing you hear is from the walkie-talkie. Uh, yeah, we're on our. See, you gotta get that fixed. We'll be on our way. Yeah, you should get that fixed. And I'll saunter away. Yeah, same. And I'll grab Fredo with me too. As you all all leave this closet within a, what's a food court? It's not a term you're familiar with. You do see very a lot of very colorful signs. You see 
a uh, what looks like a bell next to a taco, and you see a what looks like an Italian flag, but it says Sabaro or something like that. You see what looks like a poorly made sign for some sort of a uh, burger place, and and just a riot of colors. You see a, a store called Sam Goody, and it's got posters for Janet Jackson, Pearl Jam, Rem. We look at Fredo because he's the one who knows any of this. <laughs> it, the Sam Goody has a sign that says, The Hits of 1991. We're just going to end it there. All right. You'll, we got a year at least. got a year. This Annihilator didn't go back to the 80s to, to kill Con Sarah. Con Johnner. Con Johnner, yeah. That's where you guys are, and we will pick back up uh, there next time. There's an Annihilator loose in the past, and y'all. Y'all got to find it and deal with it. We are now part of Rhythm Nation. Or we could just stay here forever. I mean, look, there's a Sabaro. And it, it, there's an arcade with like a NBA Jam and at least Street Fighter not far away from you. So yeah, that's, that's, that's good too. Yeah. You're too far from Santa Monica to watch the world die. <laughs> <laughs> look, they still have Radio Shacks. There is absolutely a Radio Shack that you can see like down the ways a little. Oh, that, that security guard. We can get him a, a replacement for his walkie-talkie. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank, thank you all for joining us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next encounter. Bye. Bye from the 90s. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from Stabby Quest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.